Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? villains and welcome to for the love of paul mccraft podcast and it's another victory podcast i just love doing them absolutely love the victory podcasts and uh i think the vic- this victory podcast for me means it means it means an awful lot for i suppose the type of game that it was i'm i'm a stickler as i mentioned for um for old mid 90s kind of games the shitty pitch that we saw there and and a grinding out one nil win against Leeds kind of really brought me back to to the early days of the Premier League or the or the mid 90s uh mid 90s style uh Aston Villa um I suppose well late 90s maybe under a John Gregory team where we where we were well able to defend and uh and yeah look I absolutely adored that game yesterday wasn't really much went on but results are results and victories are victories and one nil wins are as good as 10 nil wins and I'm joined today by Paddy as always and Paddy how are you feeling after that because I know that you professed on quite a few many quite a lot of times should I say uh your your uh (laughs) dislike for Leeds but uh, I, so I can presume that you're beaming ear to ear uh, since uh, Villa won one nil yesterday. Oh, I'm absolutely over the moon. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> beaming is not the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally agree. Poor game. Dreadful to watch. Uh, not the best performance, but we beat Leeds one nil, and who cares? <laughs> yeah. And I think I think that's fair to say. I think not not the best performance from Leeds. Definitely, uh, they just couldn't get their attacking going. They were carrying a few passes, and like you know, I, I'm I'm pretty impartial about Leeds. Um, to to the best point anyway. Obviously, look, no matter what when when we're playing any team, I'm usually roaring and shouting at the screen anyway. But um, I'm usually impartial to the best point. But uh, I thought that they were carrying a few passengers in their team yesterday, and I thought Villa weren't. And I thought essentially that was the difference. Um, their midfield was was quite poor. Click was was poor. Uh, Costa was poor. Um, strike was poor. Uh, Tyler Roberts was okay in the first 15 20 minutes and then was Drifted, yeah. yeah just just yeah. went completely out of it Nakamba Nakamba absolutely nullified him and 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 Bamford couldn't get a touch of it like that Patrick Bamford that played there against us yesterday and the Patrick Bamford that played against us in the in in the previous fixture against Leeds they were like two two completely different players when we were able to limit 
the amount of ball that went to him. And I'm sure that's something that we'll speak about later when we're, when we're talking about the game. But I suppose, Paddy, let's start in chronological order because otherwise there'll be no structure to this podcast whatsoever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll just talk I'm, about how happy we are. <laughs> exactly. I'm battling the elements of some sort of uh, some sort of a chest infection at the moment or a lung infection or something. And so um, I've just taken my medication. So this could go wild different ways in a minute. Um, but uh, well, let's well, talk... You're, you're uh, you're battling those elements, and I'm battling the elements of a hangover. So, uh, being being how happy I am, it'd be rude not to do this today. X, it's been a while. It's, it's been, been a while. while. In fact, <laughs> since we set up the since we set up the website, and we set yeah, since we set up the website, a lot of the messages that have come through have been, "Where are the cans? Why aren't there any more cans going anymore?" <laughs> and you know what, guys, I'm I, I'm I'm going to be really honest. I'm. I'm struggling to, to to keep up with some of the messages there and they go into a folder and sometimes I don't see them until until a load of them come true at the same time. But I will, I I, I will and 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 I appreciate every single one of them and I'm gonna read out uh, some of them um in in, in due course uh, as well. Actually, I've got one here to hand and I'm gonna read it out before we go any further. It's from Noel Connachton and he just says the podcast will keep me going through the lockdown. He's a light, he's a villa lifer in Galway. Another one for our Connacht Very Lions uh, supporters club. Excellent. We're looking forward to some Villa meetups and games uh, and so on. And uh, yeah, Noel leaves his, uh, his contact details there, which I'm not going to read out in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a million, Noel. As always, I absolutely love the, um, the interaction. And, and as I say, guys, I, I, I apologize for not reading out an awful lot more. As I say, they were, um, a lot of them were, were filing into a, into a, uh, what am I trying to say? Into a folder within my um, uh, within my email server that I didn't even know was there. So uh, we will start to read out more during the course of um, dur- during the course of the podcast as well. So keep them coming. Absolutely love it. Apologies, I can't. I haven't. I, I can't get back to everybody on them, but it's 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 been fantastic. But that was just a little segue. As I say, this podcast could go any which way. A little segue in the middle of what was going to be our chronological order uh, podcast, and we've already <laughs> failed. But uh, Paddy, take me back to, I'd say about. 60 the clock at the digital clock on my phone hit about 1628 or 29 i think they were a small bit ahead of the 1630 mark when they announced the team and yeah. uh you saw the team sheet patty and be honest and i'm going to be honest as well what was your initial thoughts on that team well anyone who uh who saw me on twitter last night was was a, a blind apology <laughs> to uh <laughs> I even put a picture of me and Dean Smith up on on, uh, on Twitter. Um, I was worried. I looked at it and went, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. But look, as I said to you when we were texting earlier, there's a reason me and you don't pick this team. And he sent, he sent the team out with a job to do. And by God, they did the job. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't special. Um. Was it the team I'd have picked? No, probably not. But job was done and job was done well. And hats off. Hat tip to Mr. Smith. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. What, what were your surprises in the team, Paddy? What were the, the main surprises for you? Um, Mainly on the wing. Uh, you know, we, we discussed the possibility of it being a, f- a, four, a bank of four or whatever in midfield to nullify mm. them. Um. I also when they pick, when I when I obviously I start from the top down because I know the back four isn't going to change too much. Obviously, we had to look at the right back position this week. Um, but normally I go, yeah, Watkins is there, Grealish is there. Obviously, Grealish wasn't there yesterday, but that's normally the chronological order goes from the top down that I look at. Mm-hmm. So when I saw El Ghazi and Triori, I was a little bit worried. I I just didn't think it was the game for both of them. Um, and then trying to decipher who was playing in the middle. Delighted to see Ramsey. Delighted he got his his, uh, his shot even before the match. I was happy with that. But then when I saw we had the two wingers there, uh, I worried about the protection. So I was kind of hoping that it would be Dougie and Nakamba if that was the case. Mm. But, you know, as I said, he picks the team. I've so many times doubted him when I looked at a team and and they've just proved me wrong. And it's the days when we go out with, with a full-strength team against a team that we should go and beat, that things go the opposite way. Yeah. So the chips were down. We had to make the two changes. Jack was out. Cash was out. And, uh, yeah, it, it just 
you know, it 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 was it was a masterstroke. It it worked it worked exactly the way we would have wanted it to work. Um, we frustrated them. We 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 made it really really hard for them through the middle. I thought I thought that midfield of uh, Nakamba, McGinn, and Ramsey were excellent throughout. The very little fault the 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 previous weeks of giving the ball away and you know just maybe overdoing it a little bit on the ball didn't happen yesterday. It was simple. It was precise. The passing was spot on. Now, I'm sure you're going to tell me now that the passing stats are off or whatever, but I really don't care. That's the way it felt as I, as I watched it. And uh, yeah, so for an hour before kickoff, I was kind of worried. And even straight after kickoff, we, we nearly con- we nearly conceded nearly an identical goal to what we scored within mm. the first minute. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so the, uh, immediately I'm like, oh my God, we're in for 90 minutes of this. And then, Arise uh, Anwar El Goldie to uh, <laughs> to put me back in my box and and to put oh, us on the too. road to what 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 really is a tremendous three points. Yeah, no, that El Ghazi really put me in my box because the only text message I sent to you, you sent me a message saying that you were nervous about the team team sheet before it was ever uh, announced, and I I actually sent you back a message in full disclosure here because I thought that. Uh, and I said it on the podcast as well. I thought it was going to be a horses for courses situation. And I said, I think El Ghazi could be a shocker like that. And then sure, five minutes later, it, it was, you know, I, I was viciously trying to uh, delete all remnants of the tweets or of the of the messages that I sent you. But then I said, no, be a man about it and uh, and, and own up to your to your crappy takes, you know, prior to the match. But look, as I say, uh, Fair play to El Ghazi. Every time, every time I suppose he's doubted, and I said this in the Villa View yesterday, every time he's doubted, you know, the chips have, have fallen in his in, in his way. Um, I didn't know that he was uh, with Bielsa yeah, at Lille, because right. uh, I know that Bielsa literally only had a cup of coffee at Lille, like he wasn't there for very long <laughs> at all. And, and uh, El Ghazi was there with him, but um, so like... I don't know, as I said before, he's, he's, he's the confidence, he's the, the, the most confident, most confidence-based player, should I say, um, I can think of in the Premier League at this moment in time. I, I actually, I genuinely can't think of a player that uh, if he gets an early goal or he has a couple of shots early on mm-hmm. or maybe beats his player, plays at a better level in the Premier League at the moment. He's just, he's night and day. When, he, when the ball doesn't get to him and he's starving the possession, and maybe people are, are, are getting close to him and he's been dispossessed. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's shooting off target and stuff like that. That doesn't seem to affect him. But I think if he isn't getting into those positions because he backs himself to to to, to be able to try and get into those positions. But if he can't get into those positions, I, I, I don't know what his confidence is like. But, you know, early goals for him and early goals, goals for this team is, are just the best thing. They're like currency for this team because mm-hmm. we are now, we've now evolving into a team that, or sorry, first of all, El Ghazi is evolving into a player that can score goals. He's got seven already. It's the that that's the the joint most goals he's had for uh, for Aston Villa. But this team is evolving into a, a team that can really doggedly, structurally, and and confidently hold on to a lead. And I can't think. I genuinely can't think of a team other than when Gregory had us up near the top of the league in that season when Dion Dublin was purchased. Whereby, whereby you know we were confident to hold on to a lead before. You know, even under O'Neill at times, you know, we would have we would have surrendered a lead, we would have surrendered back into into a drawing position. But this team, this team is just really together. It's really structured. It's really yeah. together. McGinn was fantastic yesterday, buzzing around the middle of the field. Jacob Ramsey is, Jacob Ramsey is is fine fine of the season for us. And I'm I'm not being hyperbolic about it. I've said it in in the quick cameos. He's going to be a really good player, as I say, and I know that. Look, when I say a find of the season, I know that the, the the coaching staff have known about him for 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 a good long while. But uh, he's he's uh, forming his way into the Premier League seamlessly. You know, he he he, he was very good yesterday as well, and and all that came together, especially as I say with Marvis Nakamba as well, who I've negated neglected to to mention there, um, have been have turned this. Had, had turned this game yesterday into a very structured, honourable, and, and and very decent defensive performance from Aston Villa. Um, Paddy, yeah, I've, I, I thought I thought the def- look one. Sorry, no, I thought defensively were immense. You know, take take out that 
what what I would call the top four of Traore, Ramsey, El Ghazi, and Watkins, and and look look below that line. To, to, you know, to a man, they were absolutely immense. Um, Elmo was roasted early on by Rafinha. Is that his name? Yeah. Rafinha. Yeah. And yeah. it was the only time in the whole game that that he got at him. I, I thought we I thought we were abs- we we marshaled him very well after that. It was like he uh, he fired a warning shot and we we just reacted. Mm-hmm. He, he like he got there once and it, you know there's going to be an iconic picture. I don't know whether you've seen it of him when he was taken off sitting against the advertising hoardings. Yeah. You know he 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 in his mind I'm sure went out and went I'm going to have a fucking field day against this guy today and it just never happened for him. We were just immense across the park. Um, when we lost the ball, I thought the two boys in the middle, I thought McGinn, but I think that's McGinn's performance of the season for me. Um, and there's probably a couple more that you could say it about. I thought Maddie Target and Nakamba were absolutely brilliant. Nakamba has just, you know, grown into this fantastic player. In, in all aspects of his game, his, his first touch, I remember giving out about him last season. His Did first touch. First touch. So, he had a tenth touch. His second That's... touch. His second touch was a tackle. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That's not the way I felt about him last season. But this this, this season, or well, especially in the last, well, in, in all this season, yeah. Because as as we know, um, and and the record has continued. He, he every game he's played, we haven't conceded a goal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it... It, it, it's absolutely incredible. And to give you some stats in the marvelous camera in the first half, and I'm using the first yeah. half as well because I think that Leeds were, were were a small bit more. I'm not going to say out of steam, but they were a bit more devoid of ideas in the second half, um, for a good bit of it. We 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 did a bit of shit houseery in the second half. We slowed the game down. We did a bit of fouling, uh, and we we get onto that because look, we need to be object. Uh, we're going to be obje- objective about it as well. We yeah. we got professional about what we were doing yesterday, and I think we saw it in the second half. Um, but we get to that in a moment. But in the first half. Um, Marvellous Nakamba had 15 touches of the ball, four of them were interceptions. You know, so you mentioned yeah. about passing as well. We had some shocking passing statistics in the first <laughs> half. We only completed 16 passes. Matty Target had our most amount of ta- passes attempted in 17, and uh, he was only successful with five of them. So, like, he had a thirty. Like, it, we we didn't pass the ball well in the first half, but we didn't. Like, we were we had, we'd fallen back on our heels, and we were we were protecting our goal. A lot of it was long balls. A lot of it long was balls that were was, incomplete. Yeah. Yeah, incomplete long balls. A lot of them were um, trying to get the ball out to El Ghazi as well. So we stuck to our attack down the left philosophy, like even without Jack Grealish, mm. um, which to be honest, which is good and bad to see. I can see the positives in it as well, that we're not changing this, the, the the strategy um, without Jack Grealish here as well. Uh, but I thought that was fantastic. I thought Traore struggled to get on the ball Um in the game, but then again, if the ball isn't going down his wing, that's what's going to happen. I know himself and Algazi swapped, yeah. and I think that that was more to give Algazi a breather, uh, you know, from I suppose from from any attacking aspect that we would have had. Uh, they did swap and change a couple of a couple of times, but I thought Troy found it difficult to get into the game, and he's found it difficult to get into a couple of games from an attacking point of view. But I think he was really, really good. I think he was really solid in tracking back today. And there was a couple of times where he was breaking his absolute nut to get back there as, be- as, as best he could. So I was I was really happy with him. And to talk a small little bit about, about Leeds. Leeds were, like Leeds, Leeds had considerably more passes. Like they had nearly 200 passes in the first half. But their passing was poor. And, you know, there was a lot of players in there that even though they were playing the ball around themselves an awful lot or, you know, in front of us a a good bit, like players like Stuart Dallas, I thought was very poor in in the game yesterday. Um, It just didn't suit him. There was was kind of a lack of zip from him. And he was my quote unquote irrational fear guy, I think, before before the game, because he's got just a brilliant left foot in him and he he can do what he wants with it. Um, I thought Ailing kind of struggled out there, too. Um, just passing wise and stuff like that. Like he had, uh, he had 36 passes in the first half, considering we only had 66 passes in the first half. He had 36 in his own, oh, yeah. you know, and of those, like he had only 70% of those on target, which to be honest with you, I know he was trying to maybe trade, trade a couple of balls through to Bamford uh, and so on. But, uh, and I know McCamba actually dispossessed or, or um, intercepted a couple of his passes uh, as well. But, uh, that's you know that, that yeah. that's where they struggled. They struggled to break us down playing in front of us. Uh, Helder Costa was was 
was poor. I didn't think he was very good. Strike was poor. And, and as I said, Tyler Roberts after his after the first 10, 15 minutes, I thought was very ineffectual as well. So um they were what they were, I suppose, really. Uh the leads, they they were the, you can see they're struggling with injuries. You know, Calvin Phillips comes in there, a um he, uh, Rodrigo comes in there maybe they unlock us a small bit more but mm. what Tyler Roberts couldn't do he just couldn't do and uh, you know Strike was never going to be a ball playing midfielder in the middle of midfield Click was probably still injured and maybe was a, was a poor choice to, to, to play him and maybe the industry of somebody like Shackleton wasn't really there at all in the first half and I'm talking most, more about the first half because I think the second half as I say I'm not going to look into much stats in the second half because the second half was really about us being a, being a small bit more professional about it and, yeah. and and fronting up to them and, and showing a small bit of steel and bottle, I think, in that second half. So we went in 1-0 up, obviously, considering we won 1-0 and we scored in the fifth minute. Um, but in we the second we half... We didn't really talk about the goal, actually. Actually, yeah, go for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, we forgot um, about that. So we, we, we got a corner on the right-hand side, kind of out, out swinger, fell to Watkins on the edge of the box, took a couple of touches and my heart is telling me that he was having a shot. Um, I know he said afterwards in into one of the local journalists that no, 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 I was crossing the ball for Anwar, <laughs> as I would have done myself when I was playing football. I'd never admit that I was trying something else. Um, kind of drops a bit too f- far ahead of Anwar to go at it with his left foot. So strong enough, right, right foot touch on it but brings it back into play and, and it just drops behind them and he manages to wrap his foot around it and score mm. um, I was very similar to Amwar in that I didn't go jumping anywhere because I was full sure it was offside <laughs> didn't celebrate the goal whatsoever even when right up to the tip off I, I still didn't celebrate because I was still a bit shocked and numb that we'd actually got away with this and then when they showed the replay it was quite obviously onside um, you didn't need any lines drawn by some architect in Stockley Park mm-hmm. to, to figure that one out. So look, it was it was a good goal. He took it well. Yeah. Um, he'd work to do. He, and in fairness to him, I think he three shots on target in the first half. And there were there were they weren't, you know, we've had shots on target which are just scuttering along the ground. Mm. You know, he did test the keeper on a couple of occasions. So fair play to him. Um I really hope he pushes on from this. And I don't know how many times we've said that about him. But he had a really good December, and then mm-hmm. the, the COVID outbreak really knocked the stuffing out of him. He's got an opportunity now because he, he's going to start on Wednesday because there's no way they're going to bring Jack in for Wednesday. Um, Sheffield United are in the shit like at this stage, so w- why putting someone into a coming back from an injury into into that kind of battle is beyond me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he will get another chance on Wednesday, and I t- you know we spoke about it before. I think he just needs a run in the team. We got to run in the team. He scored goals. Um, you know, I'd be putting money on him scoring goals on Wednesday as well because that's you know that is is that's what his game is about. It's it. He just seems to be on fire. His confidence is up. Um, and you know, I'm sure there's people more qualified than me in his ear. You know, we we deal with you know I've dealt with GAA players and and inter county level, um, here in Ireland. Um, for those listening in the UK, it's our national game, but they they work with uh, psychologists all the time. So I've no doubt they're psychologists in mm. in Premier League teams. Some of them employ their own. Some of them have them within the club. Um, I know there's actually a couple of them here in Ireland that that deal with some Premier League players. So it does happen. But there's obviously got to be someone there, or if there's not, there needs to be someone there looking after him and keeping yeah. his morale up and his spirits up because. The potential is there. He just needs to do it week in, week out. And it just it just seems to be that he'll go through a phase of, of playing very, very well for a few games and then he'll have a bad game and he's either bombed out, like sitting on the bench, or that, or he'll drop out of the team altogether through injury or whatever. So I hope he gets a prolonged run. I hope it works for him. I really, really do because, you know, you go back and look at all the players we signed last season, they're nearly all coming good again. Mm. You know, one, right ones time. that we, we yeah. had kind of written off. So, you know, if you, if you go back to like, we, we let, we let Suso go in the summer, but then again, some of those signings that we were all gone, what the hell do we sign him for? is suddenly coming good for us. 
So, you know, a, li- a li- little bit, I just, you know, I, I think a lot of that stuff goes, um, it's, it's not acknowledged by the mainstream fan or media that it, it has happened that the players have come good. So in yeah. fairness, I think the I think the only one when we look back at it will be uh, drink water and Barca <laughs> Yeah. Um just on El Ghazi there you mentioned, you know, he getting a run in the team might be might be very, might be the best for him. Look, uh, actually the two points you mentioned there I mentioned in the Villa View yesterday as well, but the the uh El Ghazi look, I think that if you're gonna be if you're gonna play in the left wing for Aston Villa, um you just gotta know that until Aston Villa receive and accept the bid of 150 million for Jack Grealish, yeah. you know, it's it's you're you're not going to be a mainstay in the team. Uh, I, and I think he, I think somebody like Gabor Gazi will know that. I think everybody in the team will know that that they're they're playing they're they're playing in the shadow of greatness with with, with a Jack Grealish. But what I think what the story is there with Gazi is that it's just about check, taking his chances now and making sure that he isn't the first guy that's kind of looked at in the aspect of well, can we raise some funds? If we were to sell Al Ghazi for 12, 13 million, would that make the difference if we were trying to fund a, a, a big name striker, another big name midfielder? So I suppose really that's kind of what he wants to do, be the next name on the team sheet because Villa will, it, like he can't play on the right hand side. I don't know if he's effectual on the right hand side. Um, I haven't done any statistical analysis into it or anything like that. I don't know where his goals have come from. I would imagine a lot of his goals have come from the left hand side. Considering well, technically him. his goal last night came from the right hand side. Yeah, but it did. Yeah, yeah. but um, no, there's there's no reason at that at that level. Like I know we spoke about before about mixing it up and switching Bertie over to the left and Jack to the right. Yeah, you know, there's no reason why they can't. There's no reason why El Ghazi can't be the first but, name on the te- or second name on the team sheet up there and play on the right. That's up to him now to prove what he can do. Yeah. Oh, look, if he comes, if he comes right, like if he gets 10 or 11 goals this season, absolutely. Why not? Why not? But what, what I'm saying, I think here is that from a structural point of view, if you're trying to pigeonhole the Gazi in there and it, it, it kills us from a defensive point of view, because yeah. we, we sacrifice that defense when Jack is there. Jack is good and is good ish in defense, but you know, we do sacrifice defense down the left hand side. And that's why Matty Target's resurgence is just like the it's like it's nearly <laughs> you'd be looking at him going, you know, what deal with the devil did you make over the summer? Like, you know, so it's uh it's but I, but, but I'd, I'd have a bit of confidence in him playing in, in the Ross Barkley role as well. I think I think that's a possibility. I called for him to play play striker last year as well, and and but I yeah look, we'll see. I I, it's, I, I don't know. Look, I'm I'm not down in El Ghazi. He got the goal yesterday. I just think that you know there's no harm. I, like we don't have to start pigeonholing everybody into the team. I suppose is where I'm coming from here. That no. um, if we continue to win one nils, and if Jack Grealish comes in, he starts in, in, instead of El Ghazi. You know, I, I think the juice is worth the squeeze from, from that point of view. You get as much out of El Ghazi in the short space of the time that you possibly can from him and, and you thank him and you 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 pay him well for it or whatever. Um, but as I said, Jack Grealish is the he is the heartbeat of the team. So he comes in there, and if it means that we're we're going to completely upend our, our system for to, to keep El Ghazi in there, um I, I'm kind of okay with the collateral damage of that. And I'm, I'm sorry, that might sound a bit harsh to a lot of people listening. <laughs> um, I'd like to be able to, to shoehorn him in there if it means putting Jack on the right-hand side, yes. I don't really think we'd be playing, if we if we go to a 4 3 3 I don't think Jack, Jack plays in the middle in a Jacob Ramsey role or anything like that because I just don't think that we would be best utilising him. But maybe if we play Jack over on, the right, over on the right-hand side and see what comes from that too and have Algazi on the left, yeah, absolutely. But... Um, you know, I wouldn't be, and, and I, I and I know it's not news to anybody, and nobody here is, is suggesting that. But I wouldn't be keeping Algazi out of the team, um, just because, or keeping Algazi in the team just because he's he's uh, he's performing well, just because of the, the the absolute talisman that Jack Grealish is. You mentioned about Suso as well, Paddy. Um, yeah, I, I've I've come down on the side that Suso is, Suso was a guy that was brought in because we needed a complete team overhaul and he had contacts and he knew what he was getting and we needed we couldn't go in and buy big names. Yeah. We needed up and coming players at middling teams on the continent, uh, teams that played a certain specific uh, maybe specific way. And Suso had those contacts. I think also as well maybe there was like 
looking back at it, one of the bigger things with, with regards to Suso is that maybe the people were not in the same the same wavelength with regards to the signings when they were coming in, who they were and if they were needed. And I think maybe Bjorn Engels might have been one of those guys. I, I don't know. I'm spitballing here. Just the fact that he's been he's been sparsely used, I think, by by Dean Smith. And and look, you don't want to go breaking up your 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 defensive partnership anyway. So that probably negates that conspiracy theory mm. that I have. But um I think with Suso, he probably fulfilled his role. And with Johan Lang, they, they, they probably saw the opportunity, especially with, with Harrison coming in in the academy. And um, I think they probably saw the opportunity to go, right, this guy has has a very proven record of bringing in younger players who are hungry. They played in the Champions League and gone on to play, even, play for better teams in the Champions League and to an even higher level. So I, I think that might, once again, Suso could have been a small bit of collateral damage as well. And the fact that he did a job for us, we were ruthless. We saw somebody that we maybe held in higher esteem. We got him in and unfortunately, Patash was uh, uh, was surplus to requirements in that aspect. Um, but fair play to him, you know, as I say, he hasn't really put a misstep um, bar uh, Samata. And I think, look, who knows if Samata would have came, well, came good this year. Yeah. Um, but uh, Samata, Danny Drinkwater and... Um, and Barker Baston, I suppose, were the only ones. But look, <laughs> as I say, we, we signed so many players last year and they were only bit part players anyway, I suppose, realistically, when you think of it in the grander scheme of things, the contributions that they made. So um, fair play. All those players are doing well and, and they did well yesterday. Um, to kind of finish out the Leeds game, and we will, we, we're going to do a Sheffield United preview as well, just because the two games are coming up in, in, in quick succession. But to finish out the Leeds game... Um, how did Matty Target stay on the field, Paddy? <laughs> like I know I'm I'm a Villa homer, and I just talked about uh, about Target being great, but it's like he did. Uh, and, I, and look, I don't, I'm not saying that Andy Hinchcliffe was correct in anything he said, and we're not going to go into into anything about Andy Hinchcliffe because he was just rubbish. But uh, Target <laughs> did leave a lot on a lot of guys there yesterday, yeah, and he did. and I think yeah. I think he was lucky. I think he might have been lucky to stay on the field, but uh, you know it's. Uh, it's just a, just rewards for his, his great work. There was a few people lucky to stay on the field, I thought. Yeah. Um, and, and the main one being, who's the guy that lashed out and tripped the guy up to try and get the ball back? Tyler Roberts. Tyler Roberts. I, I guarantee you, if, if on, on another day, on, on nine times out of ten, on that's a, a red card. Are you saying if that was done to Bruno Bruno Fernandez that that's a red card? Well, Bruno Fernandez wouldn't wouldn't have got <laughs> he, up, and and it would be a penalty happened, if it happened to Lorente, he wouldn't have got back up either, unless yeah. the healing hands of Ollie Watkins. <laughs> yeah, I thought Watkins threw his weight around nicely. As he well. did. When I say he nicely, did. like it was a couple of times whereby he fronted up to player to to fellas, and you know he. He kind of, he kind of got. I'm not. I'm, he wasn't dirty, but you know, he just rolled his sleeves up. And there was a time when he goes, right. I need to make it. I need to make a smart tackle here. And he made it. He'd make a smart tackle. Look, the tackle, the tackle on, on Lorente was from behind, but he completely pulled out of it by the time Lorente had gone down. Of course, you know, yeah. there was minimal contact. It was, it, and, was an, it was an absolute embarrassment. It, well, it was. It was. And and Mings went down. Mings went down at one stage as well. And, and look, we were just, it was just yeah. shit. I was really. That's what I'm going to call it. And look, yeah. we came out of it. In well, the there's, right, there's one thing going right on. Like going down to waste time and and um <clears throat> you know we i gave out about casper schmeichel doing it last week yeah it's part of the game i know it's part of the game it doesn't mean we can't get annoyed at it so mings did it a bit yesterday there was a couple of others that went down and you knew there was nothing wrong with them it's fine you just got to take the sting out of it especially yeah. when 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 you're under the caution you're you're one nil up it, it's only obvious that you, you will take these things but i i just thought the lorente one was a blatant and obvious attempt to get a guy yellow carded. Yeah, yeah, or, or yeah. worse, or worse. Like, I think it was. Wor- I think it was the way the way he rolled off. around. I, I actually yeah. thought his leg was broken. And next thing, uh, Watkins tries to lift him back up, and he jumps back up. Squares <laughs> up to him. Yeah, like just, that's Lazarus stuff. Like that's that's crazy, absolutely crazy. But that's, it's not. In the, it's not in the spirit of the game. And and in fairness to the referee, early on. Um, I didn't think he had a particularly great game, but early on he let a lot go mm. because of the state of the pitch. And you know, we haven't even mentioned the fact that it was pathetic. Imagine paying three hundred grand to for a pitch that you can't even keep your 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 feet and your foot together. Yeah. Uh, it's you know, I, I reckon we're looking at an injury to Emmy Martinez because of it. 
Well, he was injured beforehand, I think they said. I think they, he was yeah. a tight grind beforehand, before the game. Well, well, that certainly wouldn't do you any favours when you're overcompensating no. to make sure you don't fall over when you kick the ball. Yeah. Anyway, I, I think... I think he'd be fine. I think he'd be I, fine. I think he'd be fine um, if, if, you know, Jesus, if it if, if needs be, leave him out on Wednesday. If the, if ever a game was coming too soon for somebody yeah. and, and we could get away with it. Just an absolute... international Tom Heaton to bring in, like, oh. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The cover is there. Um, with regards to the cover, his name escapes me. The the third choice goalkeeper yesterday. No, no, the third choice goalkeeper yesterday was I think his name is Philip. Um, seventeen year old was. Oh yes, to, yeah, was yeah, yeah. Team yesterday, along with uh, Philadine Philadine Bedace, who we spoke about during the week. Yeah. And Carney Chuck Mowenka, the three of them sat in the stand yesterday as extra men, and I think it's admirable that we're bringing them along, and. You know, I really hope we can integrate them into the team. Um, I was I was delighted to read it today. I think it might have been Ashley Priest who reported on it. I think it, so was, it, yeah. it was it was it was it was it was worthwhile noting that 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 is the case. That you know these guys are there for that reason, um, and the future is bright. And I know we I know we talk about it an awful lot on this podcast, but I think it's hugely important in in an era where you're spending absolute millions on unnecessarily at times on, on, on cover when we have that coming through. It's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Philip Marshall is the goalkeeper. I think, yeah, Philip I think that Marshall, was yeah. Philip Marshall. Philip with yeah. an F, isn't it? F-I-L-I-P. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so literally you had three guys there that, uh, yeah, they could have caused hassle for any commentator. Uh, well, I suppose Marshall wouldn't really have caused much hassle, <laughs> but uh, the Philip part might have caused caused yeah. hassle. Um, but oh, look, game was what it was. I think yesterday, and, and we, we kind of tie a bow on it there. And I think I'm going to tie a bow on it, tie a bow on it by saying that whatever about Martinez is drawing and he's kicking foot and stuff like that. His hands were in imperious fashion yesterday. He catches yeah. everything. Oh, he's just so comfortable coming for corners. Even when <laughs> when Melier came up to to, that, to kind of get in my, around uh, him. That was my outburst of the day, that one when Melier came up yeah. and he caught the ball and he drops to his knees and then and I'm going, get up, get up, get up, can we get a second one here? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's just I, like that, that's me in, just in the height of being so close to getting three points and I'm going, we could yeah. really destroy them here with a breakaway goal. I love yeah. seeing a team score like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But look, it was just great. It was great game management. It was another was. 30 seconds killed by Super. diving to the ground. And there was no danger once that once that play was over. There was no danger of losing the game, mm. but just the killer instinct in me would have loved to see the second goal. Yeah. Oh. Um. Shout out as well to Morgan Sanson coming on in there in the second half. He did two nice things that I uh, yeah, well, actually did the same thing twice, and uh, I, I liked the look of it, and it gave me hope that maybe we might see it again against Sheffield United uh, at the weekend. But what he did was something that. Uh, Barjam again. I haven't seen many Aston Villa players do even this this whole year. Uh, Barjack Grealish is he gave the ball and he actually ra- he, so he gave the ball to to in his, in a quick pass. I think it might have been to Ollie Watkins, and then he actually ran past him for the, for the second ball again. <laughs> yeah. So he he literally gave and he it was a give and go like and, and goal, it was yeah. he just shot past him. No, he did it in the middle of the field. It was fine. We didn't lose the ball or anything like that. But what it did was it just dragged players away from Watkins as well. And and we 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 don't see that an awful lot, especially in the middle of the field. We've seen it a bit in, on, on the wings from Jack Grealish and and from and um, from Target. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the overlapping there. But but I liked it, and he did it twice, and twice he dragged one, if not two, players with him. Um, so look, little things like that uh, from Morgan Sanson finding his way into the team. No one can kind of uh, can give out about Jack or Jacob Ramsey being being started before him. Uh, but look, as I always say, it's 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 a squad game. Having guys like that, like Sanson, Trezeguet, and you know El Ghazi, when um, when Jack Grealish comes back, it's a nice nice problem to have. And Courtney Howes, as everybody knows, my my favorite, my uh, man crush in the team is back is is on his way back soon as well. And Wesley should be in um back in full contact training, I think, next week sometime. So look, yeah. we're getting the horses back for the running. So this is <laughs> this this is all good stuff. All good stuff indeed. And we're going to transition there, uh, I think, for maybe a bit of a 10-minute chat about Sheffield United. We're recording this just after they've lost 2-0 to Liverpool. Um, I must say, Paddy, Sheffield United were shocking tonight. I, I, Like Liverpool were running, running second gear. I know people say they defended well in the first half. Uh, Sheffield United did. But 
just they're they're like they like Premier League has kind of caught up with them a small little bit and, and and whatever tactics that they were using last year um which was obvious it was a, it was a newer tactic and it was a ta- like the the overloads and on the outside with the, with the three at the back it's just been found out and they don't have the quality there in midfield and they don't have the quality um up front to be able to 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 make things make something sparkle I think in there you know I I, I think that that you know they're not going to do a Watford. They're not going to do a Villa from last year and, and no, pull the, the gig six is or seven up there, wins out of the bag. You know they're they're praying for a miracle at this yeah. stage. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll have to admit I fell asleep during the first half tonight. Not like me. Yeah. Probably had too many cans last night celebrating beating Leeds. <laughs> but, Get in there again. Uh, had a big feed then this evening and just kind of lights out watching Drifted the match. Off. It, was, it was that bad. Yeah. So look. They're, they're a team struggling. They've they've a, go, a couple of first choice players missing as well. John Egan is a big yeah, loss. Huge. Uh, Sander Bergen probably starts. O'Connell is out. Rodwell is out. You know, any Rodwell, hope they had. Jesus, forgot he was you there. forgot he was there, didn't you? <laughs> wow. Yeah, but like even even Egan or O'Connell, like the fact they had Phil Jagielka starting centre half at thirty eight, nearly thirty nine years of age mm. tonight. You know. Yeah. No, it's 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 sad. It's sad, really, because there were a great story last last year, mm. which always leaves me with a little bit of angst that <laughs> we could be the story next year. And you know, I don't think we will, but you know, I, I just hope we don't do a Sheffield United as they always said we did a Fulham. <laughs> it, it can happen. It can happen that the Ars can fall out of it. I really hope they don't. Um, but look. I, I feel sorry for Sheffield United because they were a really good side to watch last year. Mm. I think they were everybody's second favorite team. I think they were everybody's Aston Villa this year. <laughs> you know, it, it was it was a good news story when the usual dominance was around. They were they were knocking at the door, and funnily enough, uh, the game against us in Project Restart kind of knocked mm. the stuffing out of them, and and their uh, their onslaught for Europe just fell apart last season, but. You know they're in the they're in trouble. I think they're fifteen points adrift at this stage. It's, yeah, nah, they're not they're not getting out of it. It's they're not it's, getting out of it. It has to be impossible at this yeah. stage. They, they they just won't. But um, yeah, yeah. I suppose a lot will. And we're doing this very early, so we're not going to know what the team news really is for Aston Villa or Sheffield United. We're going on the presumption that Jack Grealish is going to be out for Aston Villa, and as we mentioned, we don't think it's really going to be the game to bring him back or rush him back for mm. uh, Sheffield United. Obviously, we mentioned the litany of players that they've got out there. It just really does play into Aston Villa's hands, um, especially, uh, as we say, if, you know, I know Phil Jagielka is a decorated man. He's looked after himself, and he's played in nearly every position on the field. But, you know, I'll back Jolly Watkins 10 times out of 10 against Phil Jagielka in a one-on-one foot race, and, and you could, you might find yourself in those. Like, I know they do have Ampadu there as well, um, I I think Ampadu has been a victim of this this Sheffield uh, United team where he hasn't he hasn't performed brilliantly, but he hasn't performed poorly either. And and I think that uh, you know uh, Chelsea are, are are obviously having a look at him and and and, and trying to figure things out with, with their whole their whole structure, everything about it at the moment. Yeah. And Thomas Tuchel will probably look back at him again um, and, and bring, look at bringing him back to Chelsea at some stage. But Ethan Ampadu has has been, you know, playing in that three at the back system. Uh, I, I'm I'm not quite sure, as I say. I no. great player and everything like that, but you know he's he's going to be under pressure. George Baldock took the league by storm last year, just with all the assists and 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 marauding up and down that left that right hand side as that right wing back. Uh, he's been pretty ineffective this year. Uh, I still lo- like the look of John Lund- John Lundstrom in the middle of midfield. He's just a nasty, yeah, uh, you know, gets his foot in the ball type of player. Only 27, 28, If the money was right there, and if he was willing to come into Aston Villa as a squad player, is just a complete another stopper. And for some strange reason, we lost a midfielder or two uh, to to bigger clubs at the start at the end of the season. Um, as a midfield stopper, John Lundstrom is is pretty okay. I wouldn't yeah. be paying anything near double figures for him no. though, you know. But uh, like when you look down through their team. There's a, it, they, they remind me of of like an Ireland international squad. I think it's fair to say, and I know it's not just because they've got Stevens and McGoldrick, but their team of hardworking, industrious, endeavour players just lacking a bit of sparkle anywhere, you know. And um, even they brought on the, the the former child prodigy and Ali Burke. Uh, they brought on the evergreen uh, oak of a man, Billy Sharp, 
um, as well. And, uh, you know, it was, they brought on Billy Sharp. They, they, they couldn't take off Ollie McBurney because they couldn't have Sharp and McGoldrick up front because like, like there's just not going to be any pace there. So when you're chasing a game, that was never going to happen. But uh, Chris Wilder, you can see he's been frustrated since day one this year. Frustrated from day one. He's, I, I like him. I don't mind him. Um, he talks shite sometimes, oh, but that's fine. Yeah. I think, like, sure, people make a living out of that. And no, I think I a lot of managers, too. a lot of managers talk shite, and I, I, I used to think he was an, an asshole. But I've grown, I've grown to like him over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um. Like I, I do, I do genuinely feel sorry for them. I, 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 I think it's good to have a team from Sheffield. They're a good football in city. Yeah. Good to have them in the Premier League. And, and I actually hoped, you know, we saw them, they beat Man United, they beat West Brom, and it looked like they were on a roll. Then they come up, they come, like, and it hasn't been anything major. Like, they they beat they beat Man U 2-1, they beat West Brom 2-1, they lost 2-1 to Chelsea. So they've been tight enough. They, they were beating 3-0 three, three by uh, West Ham, and then 1-0 by Fulham last week, and then mm-hmm. 2. You know, it, it, there's no... Well, I'm expecting us to go out and outplay them on on Wednesday. There's been no spankings really for them, considering no. the top, no. the bottom That's of the league. You know, so they would they're, they're going to be tough to beat. But I think we will beat them in the end, and I think we will beat them. When I say well, I think I'm expecting us to score at least two. Yeah, uh, I I I can't disagree with that. I think that I think that we go out against Sheffield United the weekend or and on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night. And uh, I think the shackles will be off a small bit. Uh, I don't envisage just making many changes to the team. You never know. You might see Kane, Hayden, Kessler get a run it right back. Don't know. Just see what yeah. we have there. Um, but then again, you know, bringing in a young young fella in there against Wiley Old Foxes, we're not going to get caught with pace out there with El Mohamedy anyway. So why not leave the Wiley Old Fox in there and see if we want to make maybe make a change for the Wolves yeah. game and bring in Hester, well, you Kessler? You know what? It's not. It would be no harm to put him in there considering. Elmo's age, oh, yeah. he's got to go out yeah. again on, on, on the weekend. So, yeah, um, it, it's somewhere we could definitely it. see it. Yeah, it's somewhere we could definitely see see a, a change. And look, Matty Cash is coming close to fitness as well. He's not going to be there Wednesday, like, but uh, no. he's coming and close. There's no to point, fitness, as you so said about Jack, no. there's no point in rushing them back into that one. No, and that's not being cocky either, you know. It's, no, no, it's, it's not. No, no, I think that I think that would be perfectly acceptable for us to say. That if there was a chance of them being ready for wolves, let them be ready for wolves. Don't throw them back into this. Yep. You know, even if we got a good sixty minutes out of Jack against Wolves, it's better than giving them sixty minutes against Sheffield United and, and him not yep. being able to do a full ninety against Wolves. Yep. So, you know, uh, we've three games coming up: uh, Sheffield, Wolves, and Newcastle. Yeah. You know, that run. That run seems great at the moment. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yep. And even if you want to push it out with Spurs, then after that, there's no reason why we can't go again against anything against Spurs, and then mm-hmm. we Fulham. So, like this is five games that we we could go and take a good deal of points out of. And why I'm, not? I'm very optimistic that we will. Yeah, why not? We, I, mean, kind, we, I kind of didn't like the fact that I was kind of optimistic. Stuck. No, <laughs> that I was I was stuck on I was stuck on Leeds for the last few weeks. I'm worried about that being on the horizon, and. You know, I was kind of blinkered because I really wanted us to beat Leeds because I know so many Leeds fans yeah. and I live at one. My father-in-law is a Leeds fan. So it was it was really sweet yesterday to win. Not that I slagged him off or anything. It was, he knew. He said nothing. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> look look across the room. That's all it needs to be done. That's it. So it, like, I'm not, I'm not accepting anything less than three points on, on Wednesday. And I think we can go and beat Wolves and we definitely can go and beat Newcastle. Mm. So that, that could put us in a really good place. 51. No. Uh, what would that be? Look, if you were to go and get nine points, that brings us to what? 30. Yeah. Well, we're on 39 points at the moment. It brings us to 48 points. 48 points it's, before the international yeah. break. Get get a bit of R&R get a, in. Get, yeah. get the guys that aren't out on international duty to get a rest in. Happy days. Although, have a look at Gareth Southgate turning up at every one of our games. I don't know how many we'll have on yeah. the break. Because yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, sure I'm sure he'd love to see what cash is has in his locker and I'm sure he, he could be considering Konza as well and possibly Target. Yeah. So we could we could be uh we could be an empty house come international break. As I said before, um 
you know, I'm a Villa fan, uh, Villa fan first and foremost, I think as well. And a lot of people, like, while I do want the players to go go well, uh, they can go well in the off season if they want, but I'm pretty okay with them not getting called up between now and uh, in the end of the Premier League oh, absolutely. season. absolutely. Um, just not because... That I, not that I'd be grudging either. No, no, don't begrudge no. it. Don't begrudge it. I just, I just really think we should make. Yeah. I'd like us to make a while the sun is shining this year, you know, and maybe uh, expedite again our our five year plan. Why not? You know, we got into the league quicker than we were supposed to. If we were to get into some sort of European competition quicker than we were supposed to, you know, I think the club has the structure, the capability, and the financial nous to be able to uh, to be able to capitalize on that, as yeah. opposed for it to be a, a millstone around the club's neck, even in these COVID times. So. You know, uh, for me, the best way to do that is keep stability, continuity, and uh, and cohesion with all the players back in body more heat as opposed to flying around the world. So, uh, look and fuck it, we aren't out of the woods with COVID yet either. You know, I know that player people are getting vaccinated and stuff like that, and rates are dropping probably yeah. the world over. But you know, it just takes one fella to come to to not wash his hands. That's all it takes, and and especially if he's in a foreign in a foreign country, they're they're essentially outside the bubble. But we're not going to go into the COVID talk again. Yeah. We're nearly out of the woods with it, as I say. Um, it, it everything is on the up and up with that, yeah. and it is, uh, it is worrying that we're going into an international break in a few weeks. And it's I think no it's questions to, about it. Like it's not we even will, a case we of, will discuss it when when squads are announced and stuff like yeah. that because. Oh you yeah, know, we will. Dra- dragging the likes of Emmy Martinez across the world to sit on the bench is not ideal. Yeah. Maybe Gareth Southgate has plans on keeping him a bit closer. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe Kanzo might be flying out to Portugal. Maybe. He can play for Portugal too. Who knows? Mm. Who knows? Anyway, um, without uh, siphoning our players off to different nationalities and trying to <laughs> trying to change the colours of our passports left, right and centre, um, you know, we'll... we'll uh, not the colours of their passports. So that wasn't the political statement at all. I meant the color. I should have meant the colours on their passports. Whatever you know what I mean. Changing their nationalities. Um, uh, without doing that, uh, you know, we, we want to keep them in Villa Park and, and keep the keep this truck on the road. Be selfish about it for ourselves. Yeah. But uh, look, obviously, we do wish all the players the best. Plus, we d- we obviously wish them the best, but plus the fact that we have absolutely no yeah. interest in how England are doing, us being Irish and all that, you know. Obviously, we want our players to do well, but I would love them to be getting a break at the end of the month. I do. I, I look in. I, I can be honest with you. I will watch a, an England match if I, if um if Mings are if, if there's a Villa player playing there. I, I will. I will. You know, sometimes. Well, actually, I have done it since since we've gotten into the Premier League for sure. I've kind of worked my evenings around. Yeah, I'm going to watch that that England match. I want to see how he plays. I want to see yeah. how he goes on. So yeah, it's um. It's it's made me a bit more interested in 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 watching English football. And to be honest with you, I would have watched an awful lot of it anyway. But now I'm actually kind of putting time aside and saying, right, Jack, England are playing tonight. Have to have the the dinner out of the way early so you can sit down and enjoy it and revel in in the fact that our players are getting highlighted. So, um, yeah, look, as I say, it's 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 not Aston Villa related, but it's something to to bear in mind that the international break is coming up. I didn't give any. Uh, prediction you said you're, we're going to score about two goals we're going to score two goals in that game against Sheffield United I think that's about right I think a 2-0 victory would be good for Aston Villa um, but what I am going to do is I'm going to talk about the caveat here is that every time we've been confident and not just for this game we spoke about Sheffield United Wolves uh, Newcastle yeah. uh, Spurs Fulham every time we've been confident we've gone into a run of games like that we've come a cropper there has been a spanner in the works um, you know so while I am confident that we might score goal or that we will score goals against Sheffield United and nothing they did tonight fills me with any dread at all of playing them. You know, Aston Villa sometimes have have uh, a propensity at times to be like in that episode of of, uh, of Simpsons where Sideshow Bob keeps on stepping on the rake and it keeps on hitting him in the face. You know, uh, they have the oper- they have the propensity to do that from time yeah. to time. So I'm just hoping that, you know. I spoke, uh, we spoke at the start that there's mental, uh, there's, there's a kind of a re- resolute mentalness coming into this team, mental aspect coming into this team. And hopefully it comes in the form uh, of when we're um, at the, the front runner as opposed to just when we're the underdogs as well. So, uh, so this is, and this is going to prove it. This is going to prove whether, whether we are or whether we aren't over the next stretch. Um, I think we're going to leave it there, guys. And as I say, this is a rolled up one. There won't be a specific preview. We've we've done the, the Sheffield United preview there. And the reason being is because uh look, just I, I just won't find time in the next few days to, to to be able to to pop on. But before I leave, guys, um two things. There Laker Sportsman a match, Paddy. We never gave one for the Leeds game. Who are we going to give it to? 
I'm going to leave this one on you. That's too tough. I know. I should, <laughs> see, see, these are, this is usually what happens. If I don't, if I don't mention it, or if you, sorry, if I don't mention it, as if I ever remember it, you always remember it before the game, and you all, we always discuss it, and uh, we never mentioned it at all. <laughs> um, I was tempted to give it to Amor Al Ghazi because of his goal. Um, I was also tempted to give it to uh, to uh, marvelous Nakamba. Um, because of listen, he just come, he comes in out of cold. He does a good job. I was tempted to give it to Martinez because he's just so sure, and he played back there and he played through through slight niggle as well. But the man I'm going to give uh, the Lakers sportsman a match to is Tyrone Mings. I'm going to give him the the the, the Lakers sportsman a match, and the reason being is that while we needed to defend once again, he showed leadership cap- uh, capabilities again back there. Uh, he he. Marshalled Bamford really well, uh, even though there was shithousery going in from our side. Uh, and I am going to say it really, a lot of it was from our side. Didn't get involved like he did in the first game. The second he got involved with Bamford at any opportunity, yeah. he, he his head was out of the game and Bamford yeah. knocked the hat trick in. So fair play to Tyrone Mings, captain. And he was captain, wasn't he? Yesterday he was. And, um, and, and, and a superb performance. So fair play to you, big tie. And uh, here's to, to to taking that form into the next game as well. And uh, last, as I say, lastly, just before uh, we go, I just want to um, give a little shout out. I was contacted by the guys at Henry underscore the underscore brave at Henry underscore the underscore brave. Um, they're raising uh, raising raising money for for a five year old kid by the name of Henry. Huge, huge Aston Villa fan. You might have heard Dan speak about it in the Villa View with me yesterday as well. And, and I'd be delighted to reiterate Dan's words as well. And um, basically, Henry is suffering from stage um Stage four, stage four neuroblastoma as well, and um, he needs to be needs to raise funds to be able to go to New York to uh, finish his treatment as well. They're looking to raise forty nine thousand, and uh, the initiative that they have is that everybody that would be at a home game in Villa Park, all uh, I think it's forty two thousand six hundred and forty uh people who could fit into villa park if everybody donated a pound uh, that would get them well on the way and actually i think at this point in this point in time that would actually uh they would they would exceed their target as well and, and look a little five-year-old kid might have a chance of becoming um you know uh you know of, of, of living all his life uh a full and full and healthy life should i say and uh look that's 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 just a fantastic prize to be able to uh, contribute to contribute to for anybody. So um, if you want to follow them at, at Henry underscore the underscore brave, um, you'll be able to see any details of any of their, their fundraising aspects there. And I, I, I myself um, will be donating as well. And I would encourage you guys to do so uh, for yeah. a, a Villa Mad young fella in, in, in Henry as well. So if you, if you have the time and if you can just spare just a simple pound, uh, you make somebody's life and somebody's family's life so 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 much better, um, so please please keep we're, that we're in mind. We're a great little family that way, and hopefully hopefully he will reach the goal of what what's needed. We'll Absolutely. tweet it. Out, we'll tweet it out as well. So if people want to follow the link, if they're uh, having trouble finding it. Absolutely, absolutely, indeed. So, guys, that's going to do it for us this evening. Um, thanks everybody for uh for all your interaction. As I say, um, I'm going to read out a couple of more um, you know, messages the fans have sent in over the last few last few weeks as well since the website went live. The website is www.fortheloveofbarmagra.com. Um, I didn't write anything up there. I haven't done anything. I haven't done that John McGinn piece. I'm about a quarter of the way through, but this. Uh, uh, this uh, illness has, has kind of knocked me for six over the last 10 days, but uh, I'm going to start writing something maybe during the course of the week and try and get something up this week. If not, bear with me. Um, I'm really enjoying doing a little bit of analysis and trying to trying to put stuff down on paper. Um, it's uh, It means that I make less mistakes with my analysis like I do when I open my mouth. Um, so it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's it, for me, it's an awful lot easier. But um, yeah, as I say, I hope to have something out hopefully during the course of this week. But if not, it'll be, it might even be closer to the weekend. Uh, so bear with me on that one. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody, to everybody for listening. We surpassed 2000 followers on Twitter. Thank you very much to every single one of you guys. It really means a lot. And uh, now let's go to go for two million, um, two million followers on Twitter and and make a make a splash as well. And if anybody doesn't know that we have a YouTube channel as well, we're going to start doing a lot more stuff on that. We've been dipping our toes in and out of it, uh, just to see what our faces look like in HD, um. And uh, don't worry, we've got our own. Uh, we're, we're both flying to Hungary for facelifts. 
um, ASAP as well uh, for that one once COVID is over. But uh, give us a give us a follow as well or subscribe on uh, on YouTube if you so wish to do so. But thank you so much to everybody for listening to the podcast. Um, lastly, as I say, you can get Paddy on at Villa Paddy. You can get the podcast here on at Love McGrath Pod. Uh, we've got Sheffield United on the way on Wednesday evening. And I suppose all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.